is Long Island's own sports radio network. Sports, sports on, on the, the go, go one radio. 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 Sports on the go one presents Chalk Talk. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. With Renee Canales, Fogues, and James Baccioni. Happy hump day, everybody. Another hump, hump day, day here in hump the Chalk Talk studio. Myself, John Fogarty, next to James Baccioni, Renee oh, Canales. I, I was going for the Collinsworth slide. I should have waited. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a great way to start a right on time. <laughs> well, no, oh, well, hey, Al, uh, we got a great matchup today. I'm really excited. Oh, it's going to be great. My new thing. I'm very excited to slide be here. In, right in, right on camera and into the studio here on Chalk Talk, our Wednesday edition. A cold edition. I mean, at least we're not in Chicago. God it's bless those. Tonight, God though. bless those people. Our cold is in Chicago right like now. Michigan like is, negative is, fifteen. Is no, yeah. you didn't. Have you watched the news, I, Evan? I, ha I have been here essentially my entire day, so no. Do you not receive like notifications on your phone from no. like news oh, outlets and like? Oh, only alone, only here. They cold. say they say it's so cold in Chicago right now. You could get frostbite within five minutes. Yo. I was reading something. I was reading something that said it. Wow. Chicago, well, Illinois, Chicago, that Midwest area is supposed to be colder than Antarctica. Yeah. The South Pole, like the the polar vortex, yeah. man. Polar vortex. The polar it'll vortex. Oh, it'll get you. <laughs> I love. Not us though. Not us. Yeah. I love Chicago. I've never been. There. I love that. Oh, it's Chicago. beautiful. It's I hear deep dish pizza is great. It's the food is great. great. We were in the no, we were in the city. The city is beautiful. There's so much space, everything to see, so much to do. I wanted to take the tour of Soldier Field. I didn't do it. Gonna do it next time. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Can't, can't, can't go to the Bean today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not gonna be going there anytime soon. But <laughs> Renee Canal is back in the studio, still experiencing some car troubles. Oh, dude, but it's so bad. We got him here with the Chalk Absolutely. Talk limousine service. You know, <laughs> five star service. Oh yeah, five star. Got here. You, I'm I sure you had a comfortable ride on the way. I here. did. I did. How was your driver? Uh, the driver was pretty good. He was listening to some really good music as well. So you know. There you go. Uh, Five stars for sure. I was hoping you'd knock him a little bit. Oh, uh, man. He's it's me. Terrible. I was the driver. <laughs> we're, looking for, we're looking for controversy here. Come on, he Come on, Jalen Ramsey. T tire pressure is very low. Star, I felt man. a little bumpy ride. I'm five star. <laughs> <laughs> but then we have Evan Mods on the sticks today, as I like to say. Big Mike Rifkin out another day. We hope Big Mike's back in the studio, hopefully very soon. Yeah, man. But a lot on the old chalkboard to talk about today. We're going to get into a little bit of... NBA is uh, Jimmy's Nets coming off a of back-to-back, -back, splitting those games against the Celtics and pulling one out mm -hmm. uh, against the Bulls last night. Hoodie Renee once again back and <laughs> We're going so to get, get into my Lakers a little bit as they fell by a whole lot. One, yeah, fell hard. <laughs> a lot. But with not much help, it was Brandon Ingram and anybody no, else yeah. as uh, the Lakers decimated by injuries. As LeBron should be coming back. Kuzma shouldn't be out too long. Hopefully Lonzo isn't back too long, isn't out too long. They either. said four to six weeks for him, right? For yeah, Lonzo? yeah, but who knows? Either way, they got to get healthy. So you saw how depleted that team was last night. We're gonna get into that a little bit. Obviously, day two of Super Bowl or day three, we should say, of Super Bowl week. Another day closer to Super Bowl Sunday between the Los Angeles Rams of St. Louis. <laughs> And the <laughs> the New England Patriots of the Death Star. Of uh, bo uh, Boston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into that a little bit. Evil Empire. Uh, we'll have a little fun. We'll talk about as Super Bowl Sunday approaches oh, some of our favorite Super Bowl Sunday foods. Some of the best things we like to have on the day of the big game. There's and a lot of things on that over platter. Indulge, overindulge. 
could say. For the most part, yeah. That Monday after is always tough. Oh, the heartburn. Dude, yeah. it's, dude it's, uh, Super Bowl Sunday is essentially a holiday. It's oh, a ho- yeah. It's, well, it's a national holiday now. People campaign that every That Monday year. should be a holiday. Why, really why are we not off on Monday? But, I mean, for us in our industry, I mean, that's, I the best day to come that's on. one of the best days yeah. to come on. We should have plenty to talk about. With the Super Bowl being the night before, obviously. But we're getting into that. And then, of course, the 3 o'clock hour, we have Matt Seelinger, Tampa Bay Rays farmhand pitching prospect joining us. Playing currently for the Bowling Green Hot Rods, one of my childhood solid buddies. Solid name. Yeah, right? Solid, you gotta love, you solid gotta love, name. You got to love the minor league names. Solid name. Uh, but he'll be joining us in the 3 o'clock hour, the Long Island native, drafted out of Farmingdale State College. My longtime buddy, so we're excited to have him on the show. Get a little bit of insight into minor league life, professional baseball life, kind of the ride. And uh, get a little bit of his view on what uh, the young baseball players need to do as well. Stuff like that. Get his insights. On that should be a fun show today. So, without further ado, let's start, Jimmy, with your thoughts on your Nets pulling out by the skin of their teeth. They really had to kind of turn it on in the fourth quarter last well, night over Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this team, this was a team that was playing incredibly shorthanded last night. The Nets have a ton of injuries right now with top scores, and at least what Jared Dudley's out, Dinwiddie's out. Uh, those are, I mean, that's two. Lavert obviously. Lavert's obviously been out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but last night a guy off the bench who who's been ready to play the entire season, and I can't praise this guy enough. Shabazz Napier. <laughs> I can't. Who, Dude, who Renee I'm, didn't <laughs> even know was on the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> as of a week ago. So I'm when wa- did Shabazz Napier get on the Nets? Yeah, I, I'm Sh- watching the, the Knicks the and the Nets, Nets game, and I'm so, like, what the hell is he so, doing? So, so D'Lo comes out to start the game, and he's trying to get going. The Nets sh- started at one point. They were 4 of, like, 25 from the field, 0 of ni- 9 from their first uh, from 3 to st- uh, in that first quarter mm-hmm. and like, into the second quarter during the, uh, leaking in. And Shabazz Napier comes in and just just is a spark plug. He makes starts making great passes. He has great vision. His head's up the entire time. He starts shooting. He sh- ends up scoring, finishing the game 24 points in 25 minutes, four assists, three rebounds. And he's just been doing it whenever he whenever his name gets called upon. And now that Dinwiddie's out, Shabazz Napier is going to be that guy off the bench to kind of replace that role. Because Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench is, you know, six, was sixth man of the year pretty much the entire season. A guy who's going to score you 25 points a game off the bench and you can't every g- game. You really can't ask for anything more. And, and Shabazz like is that. just – just last night when D'Lo wasn't getting it done, Shabazz came in, got it done, got them to maintain it, you know, because they were – the Nets were down 13 at one point early. And then they, 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 they keep it close. They fi- keep cutting at it. And D'Lo finally gets going in that third quarter. He yeah. scores 19 points in the third quarter. And you have – but the, my big, biggest thing in that game was Shabazz Napier coming off that bench and giving the Nets that spark when they needed it the most. And that's huge because we're going to rely on Shabazz Napier for the next yeah, three, four especially weeks. especially with guys missing so much time in that Nets lineup. And D'Angelo Russell isn't the guy that's going to be able to put all the load on his back and no, do it on his own. No. As great as he's been, and you saw he's still, still in a struggling he night should last be a, night. He should be an all-star game reserve. He's going to be Eastern Conference uh, player of the, of the month. Mm. There's no doubt about it. He's yeah. averaging about 30 Even points a game, 30 seven points assists. last night, seven assists, four rebounds, right on par with his averages for the month. He struggled shooting the ball a little bit last night, two of eight from range, mm-hmm. 10 of 22 overall on the night. And then a lot of that but was made better with his third quarter performance. You take away his third quarter, but it's a real struggle for him. You know what, you know what I love night. to see about him, and I'm just looking at this article here too, which which backs up what I'm about to say. So against against uh, the Celtics, D'Angelo Russell didn't close out on a defensive possession in the fourth quarter, and he didn't play the rest of the stretch. He didn't play the final eight minutes of the fourth quarter. Well, that was actually when I, what I was going to say. This leads into that. That goes to show how well, how well coached this team really is. Thirty five like minutes ago, D'Angelo Russell credits Brooklyn coach Kenny Atkinson for his growth. And They're always on the same page. Yeah. He told him why he was sitting him. He goes, "You have to do this better. I know you can do this better." I, and they said, I, "I know you can rebound more. You need to hustle more on the glass." And D'Angelo goes, "You're right." 
This is how and that's what you need out of a coach like that. This with is with a young squad. You and need Russell to was on that bench the entire fourth quarter, not not sitting there pouting. He was cheering every single basket. It's he, knew, he knows he effed up, and there's so many guys on this team who are playing well enough yeah. that if you make one mistake, you're going to lose your job on this team. This is a very good, deep well, next team from, right now. He came from a situation in exactly. LA That's where like, was he was say. pretty much ran out the building. Mm-hmm. Because his lack of maturity in yeah. LA. He was a young kid, a lot well, of expectations around him, and of course he had the circus yeah. of not only Kobe's last year, but the Snapchat issue with, 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 Nick, Nick, with Young Nick Young yep. that completely alienated him in a locker room where they needed to get him out of there. And it's uh, he took it upon himself to turn into a more mature player. He he had to, and while it has had its its growing pains, mm-hmm. this guy who was a number two overall pick, one of the best talents coming out of that year in the draft, and a guy that said this guy, his ceiling is who knows. He's starting to show where that ceiling is, mm-hmm. and as that maturity goes along with it, with you his skill set, it's you, you, you see you know, where the sky is the limit. You know with what D'Angelo my, Russell. my my uh, another takeaway from last night from D'Angelo Russell: zero turnovers. Which was seven uh, assists, zero turnovers, yeah. huge. zero. Even when he had great assist games in L.A., it yeah, was he was having sometimes, sometimes when he had ten turnovers a night. Because his court vision is so good, sometimes it's too good, and he tries to make these passes that just can't be made. But he mm. sees them, and they're just impossible to get through. So he turns it over. Mike, he didn't. He's 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 in control. That tells me Mike when he has zero turnovers. Mike Guido on the Periscope said Kenny Atkins is easily top ten coach in the NBA mm. right now. Would you agree uh, with oh, that? This yes, is oh, he's in campaign for coach of the Look year. Look at everybody on the team. Every single player on this team is overachieving. There's not one player on the team who's underachieving. Every single player is having a better season and a career season than you thought that they were going to have. Joe Harris, deadliest weapon in the freaking NBA. Uh, Damari Carroll is averaging like 20 points a game the last Jared month. Jared Allen's playing out of his mind. No, Jared Dudley. Rodion's Kuruks. Yeah, the, the lobbying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting. Yeah. Had a terrible game last night, but that was his own first bad game. And it, you know what? They let him play through it. Ken, Kenny didn't take him out. He had like three air balls last night. He hasn't done that before. I would agree. He was, and you're still doing everything otherwise. On defense, he was in the passing lane still. Didn't let it affect him. You can on this team. I would Everyone ag- keeps pushing. I would agree with that Kenny Atkinson is definitely should be definitely so considered top well, three for, for coach of the this year. This is year. uh this is Brian Scalabrine, who's the uh Scalabrini, Scalabrini from uh Sirius XM radio. <laughs> the white uh, the white mama. <laughs> <laughs> he uh he talked. They talked about Kenny Atkinson on on the show this morning about Kenny Atkinson, his coach of the year candidacy. The Brooklyn Nets. Last year, they won a total of 28 games. We had Kenny Atkinson on the air before the season, and we said, Kenny, you guys made, I forget how many wins they had improved by last year. He said, well, we, we got to keep doing that, or else we're not showing progress. Last night, they won their 28th game. That's awesome. Coach, I'm telling you, like two weeks ago, I saw them play coach of the year. He's the coach of the year. I mean, a lot of things he, can happen between now and then, but he's doing such a fantastic job with that organization. Also, remember, this was like the first year – that they were going to have their pick, and they were going sideways at the beginning of the season. They could have easily threw all that culture away that they built when they were just playing to win during the time when they w- didn't have their top pick, and they kept with it. Like, we're not going to go backwards. We're going to try to win games, and look what they did. So he's, yeah. he's, he's right, and this, has, this doesn't only start with Kenny Atkinson. This starts at the, to- well, look at at the, the top the two with Sean Marks. Ac- the veteran ac- exactly. The veteran acquisitions this team has made so in the in the offseason and in, la- in last season mm-hmm. are incredible. Ed Davis, 
is having yeah. an insanely amazing season. Uh, and Demar Carroll, Jared Dudley, incredibly average player his whole career. Mm-hmm. And Ed Davis, who I stepped it up. I freaking love Ed Davis. The only, the best. The, when the, he comes in, I get so excited. He's he one had of our in LA where I enjoy when he was there too. The only player that didn't necessarily work out, and obviously he's in Houston now, is Kenneth Farid. But that's also when you look at that. But why didn't he have a chance? Because I would say because of the job that Atkinson did with all these guys. And look at all these guys that have excelled under him and taken that next step. Atkinson went on the fan like a week ago, and he said it. He goes, it wasn't a matter of us not wanting to play Ken Fareed or being dishonest yeah, with uh-huh. Ken Fareed like Fareed has referenced it, it in, just in the really press. Wasn't he said, a spot he said he goes, he goes I ha- we had younger young yeah. guys who were playing well who I couldn't take off the floor and, I, and that were playing the same position as him. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a place for him. So they moved him. Yeah. So And it's a testament to say this is how deep this roster has become for the Brooklyn Nets in a wh- – we don't even like Alan Crabb has been hurt for two months over a long period of time that these guys Everyone have come together. Yeah, everybody forgot. We still have Alan Crabb. Alan Crabb is hurt. One of the best three-point <laughs> shooters in the game. No, I mean, I mean, the, the future is bright. This turnaround, this the Brooklyn. turnaround by this team this, is absolutely So the, the big ridiculous. difference for me from last season and the season before that into this season is the Nets' third quarter. The Nets were always in games, and then towards that late third quarter, they would go on a stretch and, and have like an 18-0 run against them or like a 15-0 or a 12-0, and they would close out that third quarter and, and they'd be, be down, down like seven or mm-hmm. eight, and they'd never get it. Listen to this. Starting from that Martin Luther King game, uh, junior day game against the Kings, from Nets' third quarter, we won that third quarter 38-25. to the next one against the Magic, won that third quarter 33-30. to 30. That, that next Knicks. third quarter against the Knicks, we won that third quarter 27-22. The next third quarter against the Celtics, we, well, we lost that game, we won that third quarter 38-29. Gave ourselves a chance in that one. Uh, last night against the Bulls, won that third quarter when we were trailing 33-25. This team just comes out in the second half with a, with a we got to go get this mentality. And D'Lo had 19 in that third quarter last night in a game where we could have let that easily slip away. And, and that would have been a horrendous loss at and home. And that's oh, yeah. huge. And that's yeah, huge. Especially especially a bad com- team like the Bulls. Coming off the loss to the Celtics the night before, which is okay, a the Celtics, loss. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, but like we said, a banged-up Nets team, a mm-hmm. Celtics team that shot the lights out of the ball. And then the next night, you need to get that win against I'm the Bulls. You, that third and there quarter. was that sense of urgency that we always mm-hmm. talk about from good teams. That means, that means the Nets showed that sense of urgency coming and, out and, in the and, second and half. That means you know Kenny said something at halftime that sparked D'Lo. That sparked that team the in that third quarter. And say, guys, let's go out and freaking yeah. win this game the at home. Absolutely We've won behind six behind games in a row at home. Let's go get this one. And they're, they're not going to lose this game to the Chicago Bulls. And there are teams that they, they have really good first half. You see it, and you see them come out in the second half very slow, lethargic. They're, they're not shooting the ball well. They're missing uh, defensive uh, assignments as well. You see that constantly through the NBA. So for a team like the Nets, as young as they are, as well coached as they are, to play like that coming out of the uh, coming out of the, uh, out of the locker room in the third quarter, that's huge. Every night, every single night, and like you said, for a week straight. Even last night, won third even, against, even against the Celtics when they lost that game, they still won that third quarter by eleven points and gave themselves a chance in that fourth quarter. No, they had they right. understand that second half mentality that we have to finish this game. And that's what they never did, and now they're doing it, and that's why they're getting these wins and the wins are racking up because they're finishing. They're playing a full forty-eight minute game from top to bottom in that organization right now. Nothing but gold. I want yeah. to hear, hear you guys' opinion on this. Mike Guido brought this up in the haystack today. How far can the Nets go in the playoffs? Can they win a playoff series? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, it has a lot to 100%. do with the draw and who they end up playing, I Well, think. It, de- uh, it depends on the seeding. What, what, what's their seed uh, right now? Five. Presently constant. I think five. five so they right play now. the four. Who's the fourth seed? The, uh, the Celtics? I think it's Boston right now. I'd give them. I'd give them a fair shot. I mean, Boston's very good at. Boston. I don't oh, think they. Brooklyn, six. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is six. Brooklyn is six. Brooklyn yeah, Brooklyn six. six. So who the, so Boston's five. Indiana, I believe. Indiana. Indiana? And, and we would beat out Indiana at Oladipo. We would smoke yeah, Indiana. Yeah, but 
Indiana's not going to be the third seed in the East for without long. Victor Oladipo. No, not They're for about long. to take a long. deep slide down into those standings. So you who, read me the, the current standings of the of the Eastern Conference. Uh, Knicks, Cavs, Bulls, Hawks, Magic. No, just from, no, from just, from, from, just from one top, through eight. Oh, Bucks, yeah, one through eight. through eight. Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, Sixers, Celtics, Nets, Heat, Hornets. Do they, do you think they could beat the si- the Sixers in a seven game? <laughs> yeah, series? of course. They've been the, the Sixers by twenty seven this year. And we were up by twenty nine at one. Uh, I do think they could beat the Bucks. That, tough, go, that I, series would go. I, well, I'm not confident to say that they were beating the Bucks, but yes, I do think they could beat the Bucks. Giannis, I've, I've seen what Giannis can do and take over a game, but I've also seen Jared Allen stuff him twice, which that, is pretty cool. Uh, you so. could definitely see that we game, beat them that, this year. That series going six or seven. We've beaten the, them this year. The, so. the Celtics. That's tough. Uh, if they look like they did against Monday, I'm not sure because they're. I don't know. I mean, like I want to say yes because we got see. I also saw us beat them three weeks ago, but. Could you beat them in a seven-game series, though? Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's, I, don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think we can beat the Celtics. Toronto, I haven't seen really yeah. a lot of Toronto that much. I know. Even without Kawhi. I got to see when we play Toronto again. You guys again. talked about it on the Haystack I mean, it's, yesterday. It's also they, their numbers without Kawhi are better than they are with him. They won 59 games last year without him before yeah. they even got It's there. also that in the playoff time, we're going to have Karis LeVert back, and I got to see how he ba- assimilates back into this offense. I'm mm. sure it's going to be fine. You're but still I gonna, and you're going to get way, back Dinwiddie. Yeah. Either way, the Nets have set themselves up with this run that they've been on in the last month plus to – Give their fans an exciting season down the stretch where they're going to be in prime playoff I'm, position. I'm if they, They're going to have to grind I'm out some of these wins now until they get some guys back. And it might not be pretty like we saw last night against Chicago, right. but this it's is a good basketball they're gonna, team. They're going to play down the stretch in, in like terms of fourth quarter and stuff. They're going to play the hot hand. That's what they're going to have yeah. to do at this point to win these games. Shabazz is going off and D'Lo is having a tough one. We'll see how Shabazz can, is going to play. And they're, they're, they're going to keep playing, like you that. said, the hot hand as long as Shabazz Napier is, is dialing back his Big East yeah. basketball days. If Travion Graham's the guy it. scoring, they're going to play Travion Graham for 35 mm-hmm. minutes. And, and, and you're going you're gonna to have games in which the team is going to have some deflating losses, some really bad losses. You, and but well, you hope to that, avoid Neil those. Pinson had 19 against the Knicks. I mean, so they're just like I said, they're gonna play these. They're gonna play the guy mm-hmm. who's do, getting it done in that game. Oh, that, oh, yeah. that that <laughs> Neil Pinson's is pretty good. Killed the Knicks. He's gonna get a chance with Spencer Dinwiddie out. He's gonna get a couple minutes. He'll get a run. Their schedule is really tough coming up. They got the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow night in San Antonio. Then they got Orlando after that. They faced Milwaukee and Denver at home. Then Chicago again at home. They go to Toronto after that, and then Cleveland. So they should they should beat up Cleveland. Then they're home against the Trailblazers at the Hornets, home against the Spurs, uh, home against the Wizards. That's just their next set of games coming mm-hmm. up. But that's no, but, 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 but that I mean, that'll really month. that'll really show how good this team is. I mean, and how to well me, coached to me, are. we're the best team of basketball in the last month and a half, and that's just record wise. That's not just me saying no, that's that. Not, no, so, yeah, that's, so it's on paper. Come beat us. Hey, I'm good. I'm ready to play anybody. I want to see what this team's made of. I know we have injuries, but let's go. Let's step up. I think they still can do it. We'll see if they can hang with those teams. Team's got with, grit, man. I love this team. I love them. No, they're an admirable team for the fans. Fan base, that's for sure. Teams, this is where fan fan bases really find we're a team, team to fall in love we're with. That's team. been built. Yeah, absolutely. Every single player on this team has bought into what we're doing. Yeah, we are such a good team. And those are the kind of teams that fans fall in mm-hmm. love with. But real quick, because I know we don't have a ton of time before the 3 o'clock hour, and Matt Sealinger joins us as we've already hit 2.40. I want to get into the Lakers last night, lost to the 76ers, got blown out. Joel Embiid was just too much for the Lakers last night. He's good. He took yeah. a scary fall yesterday. That was interesting. Yeah, anytime dunk, he yeah. hits the floor, he's made uh, any 76ers young player that hits the floor, you're worried that <laughs> yeah. he's never going to get back up for another year and a half. But the Lakers, the one positive that comes out of this game last night with all their injuries as well was Brandon Ingram asserting himself. 36 points. I believe he was 16 to 20 from the field. Shot the lights out of the ball. Asserted himself. We saw also the dunk last night where he got to the rim over Corey Brewer. Ooh. Gave him a nice laugh. It was good to see him getting get involved because 
I mean, whatever happens with this Anthony Davis thing, would you hope that the Lakers retain one of these guys, one of these young core. If it is Brandon Ingram, I need to see him take the next step and do this more consistently because he does not do this every night. If I could start seeing this from him on a more consistent basis, I'm not expecting 36 every night. No, no. They're saying Lonzo is a key part in an Anthony Davis deal. Yeah, so that's the thing. I heard Lonzo, Kuzma, and then Zubak and a first-rounder. Ingram's name wasn't floated around in the initial thought. I've seen it floated around in there, but if Ingram is a guy you can attain, he needs to take that next step, and it would be nice to be able to keep one of these pieces, whether it is Kuzma or Ingram. Now, the storyline that came out last night with this. We all heard the apology phone call that went down between Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. And now the reports are that people close to Kyrie Irving and LeBron James I've have said that. I've heard that. that a Kyrie-LeBron James reunion is seriously real you can't and absolutely in the playing cards. If you're Kyrie Irving, you cannot go down the road. Why not? No, there's no they way. They won a championship together. No why I not? Don't, I don't. I, but don't, I love it. Isn't it funny though? I that love it. Kyrie wanted to be the guy two years ago. Now he's like, because he's, yeah, he's seen the error in his ways. That's what I'm he's saying. He's seen the cash cow that is LeBron James. He also sees. He sees. Like, I could being get a leader more than hard. just one. <laughs> he could be the second guy. No, he sees that he, he could can, be the point guard tough. next to LeBron James again, where he had so much success. And he sees that the Lakers have room to do that, especially if they move, said Lonzo Ball. And, he sees and you have Anthony flat. Davis. Hmm? And, yeah, and he and sees that the earth is flat. And he sees <laughs> the earth is flat. <laughs> so, Kyrie, I mean, I guess that's and the what, a, what, Duke, what right? a storyline. <laughs> what a storyline that this would be for even the Celtics-Lakers rivalry, that Kyrie would defect and go join LeBron in L.A. I hate it. I I'd love it. Yeah, Why would sick. you rather have that I combination than the combination of Anthony Davis and then we talked about yesterday Anthony Davis and Clay Thompson? That's my preferred that. number that one. That is just a, such but a I better also love team. Ky yeah, I know, but I love Kyrie Irving too. I'm a big Kyrie Irving fan. Now you. I are. think <laughs> if you can. <laughs> oh my God. You rather have Kyrie Irving than Anthony Davis, or you want no, them both? No, I want both. If that, I want them both. You rather have Kyrie? Uh, it's just then I, I just don't. No, I, I didn't I, say I'd rather have him than Clay Thompson because I think the Lakers would be better off with Clay Thompson. But that's no sure thing. I mean, it sounds like if they're Kyrie giving him Irving the max and they get Anthony Davis, that he wants yeah, to go but, there. Okay, but say that the Warriors do give him the max. Say Kevin Durant leaves, the Warriors give him the max, and then the Lakers are able to get Kyrie Irving. Or oh, the Lakers that's get Kevin pretty, Durant. That's a pr well, then I'm not worried about any of this. The if Lakers I get are in a great Durant. situation regardless. They're going to get, get some someone. superstars. Yeah. So I think that's a prove it. That's a, that's a given. Come on, but Anthony Davis plus any of you those. You have three to get Anthony guys. Davis first. Yes, that has of to course. Happen. That is that is that's the main priority. Number one priority for the that Lakers has to happen. Acquire Anthony Davis, and with what's conspiring around you now that since this these rumors that Anthony Davis wants to trade, Kyrie wants to come back with LeBron. Anybody else want to go there? You know what Triple H says. You know what Triple H. Says. What does he say? Plan B. There's always a plan B. Kyrie is the perfect plan B Kyrie. for my Lakers trio. It's what's best plan for business. B. Yes, it's oh my god. It's what's best That's for the thing. Think about uh, the possibilities. Now, 
I've seen this all blow up in the Lakers' face before with the whole Chris Paul thing. We got Dwight this Howard. Was my, that was my But why do you question. want that drama, though? Like, why do you want that in your locker room? If you had a Clay Thompson okay. and, and, and Don't and, talk to me about drama in the locker room. The Lakers won three championships with Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal yeah. throwing basketballs at each ago, other I don't give a crap about that anymore. I don't, that's, that's so, so irrelevant this moment. It's over. right now. You don't think that if anyone, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, could mend the fence and play well why even worry about it when you can bring in Davis and Thompson? Two guys who are, who are proven because not to be outspoken and they like to play. They just want to win and play basketball. That's if such I a can't get those three guys, if I get, say I get Anthony Davis, and like I said, and I have LeBron, if Clay Thompson doesn't come to the okay, Lakers so or stays in Golden State, right, then I would preferred. more yeah. than welcome. Kyrie well, Irving, but well, I prefer the Clay Thompson move because I think well he fits the I think that team is better because it has it's more of a compliment. Kyrie's another guy okay. that's going to demand the basketball and dribble the basketball, as will LeBron. Anthony Davis needs the basketball in his hands. So that takes – it's a lot of touches needed. Team. There's way too exactly many And then you're also going to – if you have a guy like Brandon Ingram who's not really a catch-and-shoot guy, who's also going to be a guy that demands the basketball, that's going to be even tougher. Way too many egos. Yeah, I, no, I'm not worried it's an about ego. System. Ego. No, 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 no. no. Guys, give me a give me a break about egos. I like I like I like the pun, especially. That was <laughs> boy, Mike, Mike Love to Mike Rifkin. Mike he's Rifkin. <laughs> but he's here in spirit. He's here in spirit. <laughs> but don't talk to me about egos when we're talking about Los Angeles or we're talking about New York. Give me the egos. I don't care about that. I care about putting the best basketball team on the floor. All right, let me ask you a question. And you're telling me, me that LeBron question. James, Kyrie Irving, and Anthony Davis it's isn't going to be a great bet. It's not a matter of not as good. I know that's as good. Let me ask you a question. It, it, that's better, but it's not. You're telling me that's still not a lethal line? Okay. I don't think that team's better than the Warriors. The but Warriors it depends what the Warriors look the Warriors like. But it's better than what the Lakers are now. So assuming that the Lakers, the, that Clay Thompson doesn't leave, we're, we're going to say that he stays with the Warriors. Then but that's also assuming that Kevin Durant walked out the door. There's no way in my eyes that – they are able to keep all of these guys in one place in Golden State. Let me ask you a question. You may. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you for giving me the floor. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. So let's say you get all these guys in the in the in the same locker room. Anthony Davis, uh, obviously LeBron James. Let's say Kyrie Irving comes in. Would Luke Walton survive this? No. Luke Walton's not going to last another two weeks. I don't think. <laughs> no, he's he's oh, on thin LeBron ice. LeBron coached the team at Luke that Walton's point. Luke Walton's on thin ice. If you got that team, who's coaching now? Who's coaching? Kostrzewski. Ty Lue. Ty Lue. Ty Lue's a serious like, possibility. Kostrzewski, uh. before you get caught for all these recruiting violations that every big time coach gets caught for. Why don't you come to L.A.? It's Steve, crazy how he's Steve coached out. Team USA. You might as well do it again John because Kyle that's Perry. what L.A. is going to turn into John is Team Kyle USA. Perry. Steve well. Kyler said that the Lakers are planning to offer a monster offer for Davis. There is belief that the Pelicans could yeah. have their choice of three of the Lakers' young guys to make a deal, uh, make a Davis deal before next Thursday. You have to. That's what I said, yeah, that's what I said on Monday when it came up. If the Lakers are going to offer it, say, we, let's do this right now. We're not going to wait. I don't want to see Pinch what the team's me. got. Give Pinch you three me. out of the four, take Pinch it, and we'll me. do this right now. Pinch me. <laughs> Good. Okay. I, I don't know if I'm a Laker. <laughs> <laughs> if Anthony Davis is a Laker by next Thursday, you're gonna walk in. I'm with talking championship this year. Ha- that's what, what I'm saying. They <laughs> have to, the Lakers get. No, I don't know no, about I'm that. Just but kidding. That, I'm totally kidding. I'm talking I mean, number one draft pick in the, in the NBA this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was also the reports yesterday that Anthony Davis really likes the idea of going to New York too. Not that he has much choice in yeah, it. Yeah, he has no choice in the matter. But. We'll see what comprises that. Wait, wait, wait. If I'm the Pelicans, I send him to like Minnesota. I send <laughs> him somewhere he does not want to go. I'm wait, like, Portland, see ya, like bud. Wait, Renee, yeah. Renee, what'd you say? What'd you say about the Knicks? Uh, number one draft pick in the NBA. This yes. Year. Yes. Oh, yes. Get this off. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
hate this. Yes! I hate it for the same reason you do, I but I love it for this reason. This. I can never it's like, like it. my least favorite yeah, soundbite of like all time. Yes! All right, enough. God, enough. Literally enough. driving me crazy. <laughs> As if I don't have to hear enough about the New York Islanders on a right. day-to-day basis. From <laughs> from I forget. Friend. You know, I forget they do the yes chant sometimes. Oh, I, do. I don't. Sometimes. Not, not sometimes. I know you guys are Rangers fans. Like every opportunity. After every goal. After every goal. At least our yes goal chant is cool. That was great. It's crazy how many people hate that goal chant. Yeah, because yeah, it's jealous. awesome. It's the best one in the NHL. Why didn't we think of that? Because it's so simple and great. Yeah, right? Stupid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear it a little more. Oh, yeah, I mean, that'd be nice. Not zero times like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeff, Four posts. If, if they played well, though. Jeff yeah, said the New York Knicks are the hey, San Diego Pro- Georgia Padres played great. of the NBA. Only, <laughs> let, only let up one goal on 18 shots, I think, 18 saves. But, hey, it was nice to see. Gave Hank the extra day of rest after the All-Star break, you know? After he put hey, on that good moment, show like, over hey, there in San Jose, you, boy, you know? Hank, uh, hang out Not on the bench. Not a big fan of uh, Pavel Buchnevich getting scratched no, for I mean, seventh defenseman in, in, in Brennan Smith. you got to be freaking kidding me, David Wood, on that isn't one. It, but isn't it funny that we um, we were real high on these these benchings and these scratches early in the year, and I think we're starting to get a little frustrated well, with them as it goes yeah, on. Yeah, he's like kind of because he's scratching me off because the wrong people. Yeah, yeah. That's because what a twenty-two-year-old, twenty-three. What is Bruce Twenty-two. Yeah, Bush, uh, early twenties. Why is he not playing? You're scratching him in Smith, favor of a later twenties, early thirties. What? We could have used Bruce so many times on our five power plays yesterday. <laughs> but we didn't score a guy in there who could actually shoot, not Chris Crod, who's got a freaking muffin gun. Muffin <laughs> and the muffin. Did it get Do really you hot know here? the, the muffin, muffin Man? man? Do he lives on Drury Lane. The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. Shrek. What? Shrek. Oh yeah, of course. Come on, of course. Not the gumdrop button. Not the gumdrop button. Nah, but oh my god. But what do we think the likelihood of this Kyrie to Lakers thing being smoke or more so being an actual? Reality. It's Kyrie. Who knows? Oh, Kyrie. <laughs> it's Kyrie. Who knows? The man changes his mind more times. Maybe than he just really wants to see if he can find the edge of the earth out in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. I see, I see what you did there, and that was solid. If he look, solid. If he could just get to the horizon. <laughs> you look at the horizon. He, he may not like boats, like. He may have to build it's a like a Truman like Show moment. Like yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, That's the perfect he example. He gets Truman to the wall, Truman and there's yeah. the door there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Truman Show. Great flick. Uh, Great amazing, flick. Amazing. I, I could never really get through it. What? what? It's what? incredible. Get out. I don't know. It's I, one of the more touching Jim Carrey flicks. Oh, he's great. You feel for Truman. <sighs> Just the idea of it. Yeah, it's, it's a cool idea. Awesome. It made me question my life. I sometimes think my life is a movie. Just on, ongoing. I Some mean, things just happen. With, with our car troubles, hell yeah. Yeah, it's just. With our freaking car troubles. Oh, <laughs> John Fogarty, the car trouble story. <laughs> dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. 30 for 30. <laughs> 30 for 30. <laughs> <laughs> dun, what if I told you? One thing of note, did we ever get a response from Speedy PD last night? I don't think so. Oh, you steal cage match proposal? Oh, you didn't see this. I did not. The fans want, uh-huh. not want. Deserve need, and need, deserve. No, need. <laughs> oh, they need. Okay. A John Fogarty versus Speedy Petey cage match. I I I I, I called him out. I cut a promo. I put some money on that. We're gonna have to look into last night. I didn't watch Home Stretch. I'll definitely put some money on that. I could, <laughs> you better be betting on me. <laughs> Let's be honest here. I'm go- I'm calling. Speedy doesn't stand much of a chance in I'm, this situation. I'm calling, I'm calling Vegas. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, we can work a little side business here. You know? <laughs> 
What? Uh, Jeff said it will air on Brazzy. Yeah. He said that <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. He said that yesterday. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I said it's gonna go. Mike Guido said Steve is sneaky feisty. Sneaky feisty. Yeah. He's gonna be the guy that fights dirty. You know what's gonna happen? He's gonna have Whoa. the bro- He's no. He's gonna have the brass knuckles in his pocket. Willie Regal slip him out. <laughs> yeah, slip him out. Distract the ref. He's gonna have Arrow come in and distract the ref, and then you know all hell breaks loose. <laughs> no, That's he's a, he's a, he's gonna win with a distraction roll up and then like cover you with his t- with the tights. <laughs> oh man, distraction Some roll kind up. Some kind of boy sledgehammer snuck in. Folks doesn't Bleh. fit skeety scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not a playoff. Uh, yeah, you're not. You're not, not a playoff team. But you know I I, I don't have a playoff. I think mentality. you can, I think you can reel off the win. I think you can. I think I can develop enough of a playoff identity in time to uh, to take down. Steve you got to get Kenny game. Atkinson to come and coach you. We just need something <laughs> on the line. I used to have a great WWE belt that I covered in beer caps for my World nice. Cup of Beers event. I used to have, but somebody stole it. Did you see what, Brian, uh, what Daniel Bryan did to the Steiner? Yeah, yes, it looks terrible. It yes, looks, I don't even want to give that any attention. Like a typical heel. Yeah, woo. Whatever. Mr. I'm a vegan. Should, should we go to break? Yeah, we're about <laughs> to go to break. <laughs> to break it. Well, I'm just timing it out because it's now yeah. 2.55. We're five no, minutes out. Good. Yeah, that way we can get my friend Matt Sealinger on the air, farmhand for the Tampa Bay Rays. He'll be joining us at the 3 o'clock hour right after the break. So we're going to send it to break now. We'll be right back here with Matt Sealinger on Sports on the Go 1 here on Chalk Talk right after this. Sports on the Go 1 Radio. Long Island's own sports radio network. Sports on the Go One presents Chalk Talk. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. With, with, with Renee Canales, Fogues, and James Baccioni. Welcome back, everybody. We're here on Chalk Talk, our 3 o'clock hour. I got to get in the zone. My hoodie's Yeah, hoodie, hoodie Renee that's is back in the that's studio. That's probably why you were so hot before, too. Hoodie's up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a reason you've been sweating well, since you wear a hoodie well, over your headset <laughs> in the studio. No, well, I, I got to be, like, prepared for work, man, because it's going to be nuts out. It's going to be brutal outside. Oh, yeah, Mr. UPS yeah. is going to have a struggle with this note tonight. Yeah. But <laughs> myself, James Boccioni, Renee Canales, Evan Miles on the sticks. And our guest on the line, we have Matt Sealinger. My friend, Tampa Bay Rays farmhand, one of the best pitchers I've ever had the chance of watching, my favorite professional pitcher. I have his baseball card. <laughs> I, I look at it every day. How does it, how does it feel to be really gassed up right now? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited right now. Just, just to hype him up and have him on here. Matt's one of my, my great buddies. I mean, I played baseball with him coming up. So happy to see the success he has. So you're his hype man, pretty much. I, I, I'm happy to be his hype man. And hopefully as I move up in this business and he moves up in his business, I, I oh, can yeah. keep this connection yeah. because I had to get him on now. Because before too long, before he, he, might, he might be too big shot for me. Yeah, yeah. I might not get invited to watch his, the Super Bowl at his house anymore. He might be one of the long. openers for the, <laughs> for the race. Exactly. Like. But Matt Sealinger, thank you for coming on with us. How you doing, bud? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. No, it's, no a, it's, it's our honor to have you on here. One of our first <laughs> guests we've had on the show here. It's our first professional athlete we've had on the show here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. more than a pleasure. Oh, cool. So, Matt, what are you up to today? I know you were training a little bit earlier. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you had to go day-to-day now, off-season, what you're up to. Well, I'm not ever getting later into the off-season. Now it's kind of focused on baseball-specific stuff as well as weight training and all that. So uh, now it's more geared up. You know, it's uh, kind of almost it's six days a week now. 
now that we're getting close, about three, four weeks away from spring training. Um, so it's more in the morning, you know, just waking up and getting ready, eating breakfast and heading all out, out to, uh, to go train there pretty much all morning into early afternoon and then uh, just hang out for the rest of the day. But um, a lot of throwing, a lot of uh, working out, running, nutrition, all that. So just getting ready for the season. So you're training six days a week now. You're getting ready for, the, for, for, for spring training. Are you on a diet or anything? I'm a big food guy, so I like to eat. <laughs> especially with Super Bowl Sunday Especially Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> so, I mean, because um, we know the <laughs> Papa and Mama Seal hook it up when it comes to uh, food in the Super Bowl. Nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, do you, so you, do, you, do you have to ramp it down a little bit on what you eat? Uh, you know, so it's funny what people don't know, or a lot of people don't know, I should say, is that us in the minor leagues, Everyone thinks professional athletes, this or that. Well, we eat like crap. <laughs> it's, not, it's no one's fault. It's um, it's just because of the travel and the bus rides and all that. So you never know when your next meal is going to be, you know. So you're kind of eating at the field. Or sometimes you don't eat till 12, 1 o'clock at night. So you eat like Domino's. That's the only thing that's open, you know. Yeah, I so, hear you. Uh, Every night, I hear you. <laughs> Jimmy's big into the Domino's, man. <laughs> Jimmy's got a Domino's credit card. <laughs> I should. So during the off season, uh, it's kind of just trying to eat healthy so that when that does occur, when eating like that, um, it doesn't. Ha- nothing really happens too bad. Um, a lot of guys either from not eating so much and not eating a good schedule, either lose weight or some guys gain fat or whatever. I'm kind of like in between there, so it's kind of. Then the off season, in the beginning of the off season, there's different stages in the off season. The beginning, it's kind of just getting back into the swing of things of recovering from the season. Then in the middle and the end is when you start to pick it up. And uh, now I'm just focusing on eating healthy, but nothing too crazy. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, you know, I'm still going to eat all the wings and the pizza. And we'll all call that. it a cheat day. So, <laughs> cheat day. Yeah, we'll call it a cheat day. <laughs> uh, Matt, so let me get into the baseball side of things a little bit here. Um, cool. So just let me. I just want to want to ask you. So like in your in your situation in the minor leagues. So what do you do, or what does anyone really in the minor leagues do? Well, what do you have to do to separate yourself? Like in terms of it's such a competitive situation. What is how do you stand out in terms of getting to that next level in the minor leagues? You know, and yeah, that's the stuff. Is I'm a believer in the minor leagues is to weed the people out more than anything because. Once you get to a certain level, even in the minor leagues, is the talent. Everyone's talent is relatively the same. I think it's the it's the consistency is what then separates you. Okay. Like I don't think a player in the major leagues, like for example uh, Noah Syndergaard, he's not in the major leagues because he throws a hundred, and the other guy in Double A throws ninety five. That's that. That's that. that yeah. That's actually the question. Yeah. To the black, you know, he can hit the. Spots, he's consistent day in and day out, and that's the difference maker. Okay, yeah. You know, believe it or not, in single A to the major leagues, there's not that much of a difference. There really is mm. just the consistency. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, that was the question I was going to ask you later. I was going to say, when your experience, what's more important to get to the next level, overall stuff or consistency? So I guess we answered that right there. Yeah, I mean, it's both. You know, I mean, you can't um, move up without having the good stuff because what's funny is you can look from online and you can follow people and you can see a guy that has a four ERA for a pitch on the pitching side of things 
gets moved up and a guy with a 1.5 ERA doesn't move up, well, they think of it as, well, this guy sucks, plays at the next level better than Mm -hmm. this guy does. Um, For a quick story I could give you, uh, I had was one day this year, my manager pulled me in. I was having a really good year. And he goes, do you know why you're not getting moved up at this level right now? And I said, I really don't know. I'm having a good year. And he goes, well, you don't want to be a single-A all-star, do you? I said, no, I don't want to. He goes, you don't want to be here for multiple years. You have to get another pitch. So now I'm working on that. So, yes, stuff matters. It goes both ways. You know, it's just that you can be great at one level, but you have to be able to play at the next level before they can move you up there, if that makes sense. And Matt, you talk a lot about your stuff. I mean, I know being able to play alongside you, you threw that knuckle drop throughout <laughs> high school. Yeah. You K'd me on it plenty of times. In <laughs> squads. Uh, I know because I remember at bats, like Sean McVay remembers plays. Um, <laughs> my career against Sealinger is about one for seven with a bunt single and six strikeouts. So. <laughs> He's got a single in there. Yeah, but He's I got single. my head coach yelled at me for bunting. But <laughs> it was okay. Yeah, he got on. Yeah, I got on. Uh, <laughs> But and so, how has that pitch translated into the professional ranks? Because it's not a pitch we see a lot at the big league level. It's not a pitch we see thrown throughout. So how has that translated? I know you talked about how you need you're trying to build another pitch alongside with that. But how has that pitch translated to the next level? It's definitely translated well. Um, it's a weird pitch, you know. For people that don't know, it's called a knuckle drop because you use your two knuckles to throw it as opposed to one like a knuckle curve. You use both fingers to index in the middle finger. Um, it's really translated well. Uh, a lot of people outside of Long Island don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So when I show them, they look at me like I have two heads. It's funny. Um, but it's really funny that so analytics is a big thing in the game now. Mm-hmm. And they have this thing what's called a track band, which then tra- it basically tells you what pitch you're throwing, like, the spin rate stuff that you hear a lot about now, and the breaks, well, that knuckle drop is picked up as a splitter, but breaks like a breaking ball, but spins like a fastball. So that's what's funny is that, so no one really knows how to figure it out, and that was one of the main reasons uh, why I got traded, because the Rays are big into the analytical, and uh, they saw my analytical reports, and that breaking ball, the knuckle drop, and rest is history but it's really uh, going well with, with that pitch yeah I mean you mentioned, you mentioned analytics uh, in the minor leagues what more are they teaching you guys uh, down in the minor leagues in terms of analytics and data uh, they are just big on you want to increase like they look at it your spin rate for your fastball that's a big thing uh, you either want to be on the very high spectrum of it or the very low spectrum you don't want to be the average uh, your high guys or your High strikeout guys, that's like the Nolan Ryan when they say the ball rises. A ball can't physically rise, but when you have a high spin rate, it, it rises. Feels like it. it rises. Yeah, and then the low uh, spin rate guys are the sinker ballers. And those are the guys where when they hit it, it feels like they're hitting a cinder block. Those are, like when we were growing up, they called the, like, remember when you would say, oh, yeah. you know, that hard Throws heavy the ball. ball heavy. That's the, that's the low spin rate. That's what it is now. Uh, but for us, like in the minor leagues, they just try to optimize every single pitch, and they try to optimize it so that each pitch looks the same 
all the way to the plate, and at the last minute they change it. It's called like tunneling it, and uh, they use like the spin rate and the track man, all that stuff uh, for us in the minor leagues to hopefully help translate it to the big league level. So Matt, and uh, again we're talking to Matt Shields, your uh, Tampa Bay Rays pitching prospect. Uh, you brought up being traded. Uh, I'm just curious, what would you compare like that feeling of being traded to? Is it exciting to kind of join a new organization and a new start, a team that wanted to get you, or is it a little bit deflating that one team didn't want you? I'm curious how you see that and how you can, what you can, what you can compare the feeling of being traded like to the everyday thing, the process. Yeah, it, it was tough. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Um, because I was playing with my buddies that I got drafted with from June of 17 all the way till August of 2018. So we got to really know each other really well. Um, it came out of a shock because it was after the trade deadline. And funny backstory is that I remember like a couple days before the trade deadline, which is July 31st, I remember telling all my friends, like, if I were ever get traded, I would be in shambles. And then what happened? <laughs> a week later, I got traded. This happens like um, that. You kind of write your own story there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I predicted it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I was actually traded on an off day for my team. So we weren't even all together wow. hanging out. So everyone was doing their own thing on off days. Uh, so then I asked the Rays when I got traded, I said, if I could stay one more day here, stay the night so I could say bye to everybody in person. Because uh, you make good relationships with those guys. I mean, yeah. we're with each other more than our family and friends from back home for almost half the year. So um, it was definitely tough. But then you look at it on the other side of it is that this organization wanted me. You know, I don't look at it as the one where the Pirates didn't want me. I look at it as, as the Rays wanted me. Right, and right, right. it helped me, you know. Um, in the minor league, you know, it's tough making it all the way up. So now hopefully this adds a little value to me, you know, as opposed to being a late draft pick. Now I – got a little bit of value to me, which helps. Um, but no, it was it was a crazy time, but it was it was a good thing, though. It was a good thing. And Matt, what kind of value does that feel for you, especially looking at the trade and knowing you were traded for a major league player in a Denny Echeverria? Like that, th how does that feel for you, seeing like even the feelings of, all right, I'm leaving the organization that drafted me, the relationships, that's the tough part, but does it kind of help knowing, hey, I was traded for major league talent? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that definitely helps. And at the time that I got traded, there was the Chris, Chris, Chris Archer deal still happening between the Pirates and the Rays because there was a player to be named later. So I thought I was that third piece of the player to be named later. And I was like, oh, that's cool to be traded for Archer, but I wasn't in the initial trade. But when they said I got traded, I asked them. They said, no, you were your own deal. So that really helped me be like, okay, you know what? I, I was one for one, so that's great for me it's great for my career um mm -hmm. it helps me feel a little bit better you know be able to have something value attached to my name uh being for the big leaguer um but you know i mean it's either way though you know i still have to perform to move up but um it definitely does help with a little bit of security not that there is any security in the minor leagues but at least have something attached to my name as opposed to be a 28th round draft pick you know mm -hmm. But so I think – Go on, Renee. Oh, no, no, go, 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 go. I was going to say, and I think I'd say you did perform coming into Bowling Green and helping that team win a championship. Yeah, that was – that was one, that was that moment was the best moment of my baseball life other than my being drafted. That mm. was the Not striking goal. out folks? 
<laughs> that's way no, down there on the far, list. Because he got that far <laughs> Yeah, baby. It's like a 143 average. I'll take it. <laughs> so, uh, so Matt, I have a question for you. Now, so you've been traded, and, and now you know what that's like. But what's your mentality going into this new year? Um, uh, are you going in more focused, uh, more determined, or or nothing really changes? I think it's a mixture of all three of those. You know, I, I'm very focused. I'm very like, all right, this is a big year for me. Um, but then I don't want to try and change too much and then press too hard. Uh, it's funny because you always have to get better. It's a fine line because you always have to get better and improve every year. But then you can't change too much of what you've done because you've had success to get. You wouldn't get to where you are without good in there. Yeah. That's with anything in life, not just baseball. Um, but for me, you know, I, I've been able to get to where I'm at by doing what I've been doing. But at the same standpoint, I need to get better to move up through the ranks because if I was ready for the next level, I would have been there, you know. So it's a fine mind. I mean, I'm definitely focused and I'm definitely determined to kind of prove, like, hey, there was a reason why they traded for me to, uh, and to myself, too, you know, because it's still a shock to me to believe that I was traded for him one for one, which is crazy, but, um, right. you know, just determined like everything. So, so I got a question for you. Is, is life in the minor leagues more stressful or is it more fun? Uh, stressful, I'd say. I mean, it's fun, like, there's definitely fun because you, whenever you're having a tough day, you always say, listen, I'm playing baseball for a living, so mm-hmm. I can't complain too much. Um, but it's definitely stressful between the travel then you're constantly looking over your shoulder because there's always someone behind you trying to take your job. And then come every June, another 40 new guys come into the system after the draft. So then that changes things. So you're always – it's a little stressful. I mean, it's very stressful because you're going – got to look over your shoulder and you want to move up and you want to keep going up. But, um, you know, it's also you got to say goodbye to your family, your friends your girlfriend, everything, for six months. Say goodbye to them, you know, and that's what's tough. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's all part of it because then you also know that all your friends are coming back home or watching the mm-hmm. league, so you kind of think of them uh, on those tough days. The journey itself is kind of fun in the whole. No, it is. It is. It is. It's, it's the process and the journey that's fun, you know. Yeah. So. Speaking of the journey, you're coming, you came up on Long Island, you kicked Fogarty's butt. Come into college. Hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he was my teammate, though. We won a county championship. All together. right, you want to take it? Let's not elevate it as he kicked my That's butt because right. I gave him a little bit. I was no slouch, okay? So let's not just bury me but, here. All right, all right. But, but, listen, coming through listen, the college, Matt, Matt, Matt. You know you you know you kicked his butt. You, you know you go to bed happy knowing that you, you you've got a few on him. <laughs> nope, he, he was my center fielder, baby. <laughs> yeah, I saved you a couple over the years, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Growing up as a pitcher here in Long Island, uh, now you're in the, now you're in the minor leagues, trying to work your way to the big leagues. How who did, was there any pitcher you grew up watching and you want to maybe mold your game after? You know, is there any or maybe pitcher today's game? You know that you kind of that you want to mold yourself after. Is there any specific pitcher? Um, I would say it was easy for me. I didn't have anyone specific, but it was easy for me to watch a guy like uh, David Robertson for the mm. Yankees because we're relatively the same height, and we both throw a 12-6 curveball. So he was kind of easy to follow, and he was a relief pitcher slash closer just like me. 
So he was kind of easy to follow and be like, all right, let me watch what he does and then try to not imitate it too much because I'm still Matt. I'm not David Robinson. Of course, but of course. maybe follow what he does because he's 5'10", 5'11", around there. And so why don't I follow him because he's doing the same thing that I do. So I've always loved him. Um, and then, you know, always Mariano, going to the Yankee fan and all that. But, um, no, I would say David Robinson because he was easy to compare myself to. So now being with the Rays organization, Matt, and we're talking to Matt Sealinger, uh, Long Island Zone, Matt Sealinger, the, uh, <laughs> he's the Rays baseball pro- prospect. Uh, now that you're with the Rays organization, does that do you think that gives you um, uh, a fair shot of moving on up throughout the ranks this year and possibly maybe, you know, coming down the line futuristically making it to the major leagues? Yes. I mean, I love them. It's a perfect fit. It really is. Because uh, their viewing of pitching and playing baseball is exactly how I view it. Um, and what's awesome about them is that they're a small market team, so they can't afford to buy a uh, Machado or a Harper. So they have to value and grow their minor league system. And I feel that from everyone within the system, every single coach. I feel they prioritize us. They really want us um, because they can't afford those big-time guys on their payroll. So they need some of their homegrown talent. And um, I really do feel like that. I feel like it's a perfect fit with them. It really is. So, Matt, now that we going to take you back in time a little bit. <laughs> Hit the time you machine. Had, you, had graduated, <laughs> you had graduated from Middle uh-huh. State. Okay, you, you're now anticipating you had seen some scouts at your games. Before that, can you tell I, – I know the story. You've told it to me before. I, I have actually had a chance to sit down with you and talk about this with you before. But can you talk a little bit about how you got noticed coming in through your junior and senior year by prospects? Because it's a little bit of a fun story. So I want you to share that a little bit. So it really started like right before, I think it was sophomore year, um, a fellow kid from our town, Martin Ian Johns, is a kid named Timmy Ingram, and he was playing at Old Westbury, and he ended up getting drafted by the Rays, ironically, but he had a whole bunch of scouts there for him that day, and uh, I came in relief uh, for like three innings, and I did really well. I had a really good game. And um, they started to follow me from there. They really uh, they came up to me after the game, and they asked who I was and all that. And uh, for those of you that don't know, you cannot get drafted until your junior year. If you go to a four-year school, you cannot get drafted until your, your junior year or three years out of school, meaning if you registered a year, that still counts. Um, so they were just, it started from there. They followed me. Um, it really is your classic story of you never know who's watching because – Yes, I knew Timmy had a very good shot of getting drafted, but in the heat of the moment, I wasn't looking who was in the stand, so I never knew. And um, it really worked out because then they followed my junior year. Um, I thought the draft was going to happen my junior year. I thought it was going to happen, but uh, it just didn't work out, which is fine because then it all ended up working out the next year uh, with the Pirates. But uh, it really happened just because you never know who's in the stand. You never know. And when it did work out with the Pirates, this is the, the next kind of fun part in the story and the anticipation. Okay, obviously you wanted the draft to go your way junior year, have to wait another year. Can you take us through the nerves of that day and tell us actually what you were doing when you got the call? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Man. So we'll go with first. The Farmingdale season 
the Vision 3 season ended May 1st or 2nd. Now I'm a senior. That's it. I'm done. The draft isn't until June 14th or whatever it was. So it was a month and a half. Yes, I thought I had a shot again drafted, but I wasn't sure. So it was kind of like, do I look for a job? Do I stop playing? Do I want to try and play independent ball or whatever? I didn't know. So that month was the worst month of my life. All that anticipation and whatever. Um, but then on draft day, <laughs> and then on draft day, uh, I had a dentist appointment at like 12 o'clock. The draft was at 12. <laughs> uh, I really had no idea when to get drafted because a lot of the guys are told, listen, look through rounds 11 through 20. We're going to take you. I was never told that. Um, so I was in a dentist's office, checking my phone, following the Twitter tracker, and then next thing I know, it was like the 16th round or 17th round or whatever. And then I get home, and I look, and on the computer, it was round 20. So the tr- uh, Twitter tracker was four or five rounds behind. So that one got even more nervous. Uh, I couldn't even eat lunch. Me and my dad sat like, I can't do this. Uh, so then he just watched on the computer, and I went into the uh, room and was watching Drake and Josh. Nice! <laughs> nice! <laughs> uh, um, so then I was like, <laughs> so the episode ended that I was watching, and or actually, no, like 10 minutes left, and I was like, you know, I don't really want to watch anymore. Let me go check. And I was like, you know what, Matt, wait 10 more minutes. Finish the episode. So then I go out and finish the episode. And as I'm walking into uh, the computer room in my house in my dad's office, I just hear my dad say, Matt, hurry up, come here. And then uh, next thing you know, it was drafted because um, he goes, the Pirates are up next. And I said, oh, well, I didn't hear anything. No one called me. So I guess next round or whatever. And then as I started to turn away, that's when he goes, Matt, hurry up, come here. I think I said your name. And then it said, popped up, the Pittsburgh Pirates select Matt Fielder, right-hand pitcher. And uh, then me and him just jumped up and down and were hugging and laughing and crying. It was, it was awesome. Hug me, brother. Perfect timing. I think that's the greatest question. <laughs> Do you know what episode Drake and Josh <laughs> <laughs> No, I couldn't even focus on it, honestly. <laughs> it must have been it must have been an episode Megan did something to Drake and Josh. It yeah. must have been one of them. Because he had to see what yeah. Megan did. He had to stay for the last two Absolutely, minutes. absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so Matt, real quick, man, I have a question for you. Um you're drafted. You you went through the whole process. You went through all the nerves, the bubble guts, the not being able to eat or anything like that. What advice do you have for anybody that's looking to obviously get into this profession of a of a, a pro baseball player? What do they need to do? Um, what kind of regimen they need to have? Uh, anything along those lines? What do you have? Anything for the young guys? I think two words will pop out are consistency and sacrifice. So you have to be willing to put in the work every day, day in and day out. No matter if you're a pitcher or a hitter, if a pitcher means you throw, work out, hitter, hit, work out, whatever. And you have to be able to sacrifice a lot of things off the field to be able to perform on the field. So sometimes you got to not be able to hang out with your friends or something like that because you have to train the next morning. And you have to get a full night's rest because so you get the most out of your training and so that you can get that better that day and then get better the next day and the next day. It goes on uh, from there. And then I would also say to not press and not worry about it and try 
try to just have fun with it and perform to who you are, not try and imitate any major league player because they're major league players. If you could be like them, you would be in the major league with them. You're not a major leaguer at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. You're not. Um, unless you're Bryce Harper, but don't get <laughs> um, But, I mean, no, I think it's just you have to not try and press too much. Uh, focus every day. You have to be able to have a conscious of saying, all right, I'm doing this right now. How will this affect me tomorrow when I'm supposed to train or have a game or this or that? Uh, because it all adds up. Um, I mean, I've made a lot of sacrifices and missed a lot of things, but I'll tell you what, though, I, I have I can say I have the best job in the world, and it pays off. Um, but, you know, just stay who you are, have fun playing the game, because ultimately it's a game, you know. You're going to have fun with it. You have to. If you don't have fun, why are you playing it? Um, and then uh, just really just do good in school, too, so that you can get to that next level in college. Uh, if you're not fortunate enough to get drafted out of high school, not many people are. Uh, so you go to a good college and then just really work work as hard as you possibly can and uh, just try to have no regrets and let the chips fall as they may because the draft is a crapshoot. It's unfair. It's an unfair process. And I know it is, but then on the flip side, you have to look at it as everyone else has gone through it. So kind of have to deal with it. That's how I view it in the minor leagues, too. You know, I mean, sometimes it stinks. But you know what? David Wright went through it. Derek mm-hmm. Jeter went through it. So you have to go through it, too. You know? Uh, so that's just how it, that's how it is. 100%. One more question. Are you superstitious? Do you have any superstitions? Uh, not too many. Not really. Nothing too specific. But the one thing I do every time I leave the bullpen is I run and I jump up over the line. I think it's kind of like a one last little, it's like a hop, not so much a jump. It's like one last little get me going, ready to go to get out there. Nice. Um, and then it's like a Turk Wendell. Yep. Rock and bag <laughs> Turk Wendell. <laughs> and then right before the inning starts, I always turn around and face the center field wall. And just take a deep breath. He's looking for John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's got a yeah. better guy than me out there by now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's safe to say. All right, we got to look for these things. Yeah, right. Oh, but, man. but, Matt, real quick, before we let you go, what are your thoughts on our Lakers right now and some of these big names? What are you thinking? AD, Kyrie, Clay Thompson, who do you want? Uh, it's tough because, you know, the game is – not so much a big man's game anymore, but then again, look at what AD is doing. I mean, you got if you can add him, you have to do it. They need one more star. They need. I know they got LeBron, and I know Kuzma and all of them, but they still need that one more star. Um, I, if you have to give up something to get them, you got to do it. You know, uh, you got to look at. It. They haven't won anything in how long? You know, they haven't even been since we were playoffs. celebrating back in like 2010. Yeah. Jesus, uh, you know how long ago? nine years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and they haven't made the playoffs in, what, seven years? So oh, I how we've missed the Mamba, right, Seal? Yeah. Oh, but you what? poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> God, because God, you've gone let through, me, like, three years no, of losing. Hey, hey, oh, here's the world's smallest this violin. Guy, wait, let me show you more. You, you want to talk about me with the world's smallest violin. This guy is a <laughs> Yankee fan also. Actually, He's a Ranger fan, so he has that. But, but, Seal, who's your favorite football team? Don't Dallas tell me Cowboys. it's the Patriots. No, no, no. Don't Who, tell me it's the wait, Patriots. Wait, just give me a second here. Who's your favorite football team right now? 
the New York Giants. For how long have you been a New York Giants fan? 2007. <laughs> no, no, wait. How long have you been a Giants fan? <laughs> not, not too long. <laughs> <laughs> About what, like two years, you'd say? Oh, man. Uh, Who'd you root for before the Giants? Oh, my gosh. I would say the Patriots. Is he a bandwagon? No, no, no. I don't think he's. Uh, he doesn't want to put it out there to the public. You were a Jets fan. You were just saying you were a Jets fan. You were a Jets fan. And you no, turned no, no, no. Listen, listen, dude. Listen. Nope. nope. Who was it? <laughs> uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Seattle used to wow, be a Buccaneer that. faithful. Doug Flutie was his favorite player. Well, nice. You know what? That's not bad. I, if he would have said like just Patriots, a- actually, or no, no. Like I just like have to give him a little no. slack because he he can. Conver- no. He's a I would have told them to cut him off. Cut him off. I actually got I think I got one more for you, Matt. It's funny. Your uh, John says you're a Yankee fan. We have a listener, uh, Ovias, who says he wants you. He says get Selinger, Selinger in the Yankee bullpen. Would That's that, our well, friend how, Squish. Would that be a dream come true for you? I mean, if it ever happened, obviously, how much of a dream come true for that would, they, would that be for you personally? Obviously, you're in pinstripes and you're walking out of Yankee Stadium. He can't that answer that. He's a red. Well, just say, well, just say, like, if it come ever on. happened. That would be a dream come true, being from having season tickets for that. But that would only, I would only want that going into the majors level, not in their minor league system, because that system and that plan is stacked, and there's no mo- no room for movement going there. So how I would not want to do that right now. How about walking uh, out? How about walking out of the dugout uh, of Yankee Stadium in a Rays uniform? That'd be pretty cool too. Better question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way, I would love that. that better question. Great. He's gonna have his own little like fan base up top, and, and everybody's <laughs> cheering for him. He, that's what he would want. That's what he wants. All he wants to do is get to the majors. That's all. Yeah. And that's all we hope for him. Absolutely. But uh, that's great. Our boy Squeeze Ovase is actually our high school friend. We call him Squeeze. Yeah. Our boy Squeeze no, with the question. Not Squeaks. Squeeze. 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 Or Slurm Diggity. Slurm Daddy. Whatever you prefer. Squeeze. Squeeze. The king of the Squeeze Fest. That's all we call him. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, but Maddie. That's a story for all fair. Yeah, that's a story we'll share uh, at another day, at another time. Probably Sunday at the Super Bowl. We'll bring that one up. But <laughs> Matt, Matt, thank you so much for coming on on Chalk Talk today. I mean, it's thrill for us to have you on here. We're Absolutely. glad. Absolutely. Ha- thank you for staying Absolutely. on as long as you did. Had you on over a half hour when I know you're a busy Absolutely. guy. Um, man. Great stuff. I'd say I wish you nothing but the best, but I'm going to see you on Sunday, and I'm going to be wishing you even more nothing on the, nothing so but the best. You know what? I'll say that. Yeah. I wish you nothing yeah. but the best, man. <laughs> and we'll be watching. Kick, kick, some, kick, some butt, kick some butt this year. Yeah, yeah you, have, you have some fans here at the dungeon at Sports on the Go One. So, Matt, go enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, man. I'll talk to you uh, during the week before Sunday. Have a cheeseburger for uh, me, man. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. This is fun. This is fun. Yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime as you move up the ranks, man. We'll have you in here whenever you want. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks brother. Have a good guys. one, man. Have a good day. You too. All right. Bye, guys. Hey, if you guys joined us, that was Matt Sealinger, Tampa Bay Rays pitching prospect, Long Island Zone, went to Clark High School with me, uh, all my buddies listening. Thank you guys for tuning in for that. We saw help my friends getting involved in there too which is awesome hey man from farmingdale state he was the first guy drafted out of there since i think 1978 great great insight into life in the minors how to advance to that next level what coaches are looking for what analytics are they're looking for now it was good stuff like we said i forgot to ask him how the bus rides were uh, I think he acknowledged <laughs> he, he, it it. he, he said it's tough with the bus rides yeah, well, yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's one that, yeah. of the most intelligent humblest 
if you were going to build a prototype son, there, there's your guy. Yeah. yeah, his parents are real and proud it, of him. Yeah. His parents get I give his parents a lot of credit too. You can't, you're not going to find two nicer people out there right. than the Seahawks. Great them, people. They raise them, they raise them, they That's raise themselves a good uh, a good a person. Yeah. And yeah. it's great seeing Long Island, you know, Long Island guys like Steven Matz and Stroman and Seelinger trying to work their way uh, play, pitching in the big leagues, you know. I, it's awesome. Yeah, and I'm hoping he's one of those names associated with a guy like Matz and Stroman coming yeah. down the road. And I hope he's even better than them. He's young, so he, I'm a Seelinger fan, man. He's, he's and I think we yeah, all we are here on Charles Talk now going forward. But uh we gotta go to break. We've obviously been on a little bit of a long time letting Matty get his insights, everything in there. Fun segment there. We'll be back after this. A little bit of MLB news we want to get into. Talk about some of our favorite bowl foods if we could fit them in there oh, towards I'm the starving end. Right yeah, now, I'm a hungry man. Oh, but we're gonna go to break, be right back after these messages on the Sports on the Go One Radio Network. Sports on the Go One Radio. Long Island's own sports radio network. You're listening to Chalk Talk on the Sports on the Go One radio network. How are we doing, everybody? Back again here after that break. We just had Matt Seelinger on the line. That was awesome, dude. Good half hour. If you missed it, don't worry about it. You can always go back and watch this episode at any time on our Sports on the Go One Facebook page. If not, we're going to try to clip it out for you, make sure we could get that interview in there. It's something you don't want to miss. If you've got a young kid that's coming up playing baseball, if you, ha- if you yourself are an athlete at any sport trying to show, mm-hmm. this Matt's a great example of t- talking about work ethic, what's it take. One of the biggest words he talked about was sacrifice, what it goes into trying to get to that next level, man. And, and, and that, and that kind of hit me because um, he, he played baseball all throughout his life pretty much. Went to school mm-hmm. for it, got drafted. I played soccer for 15 years, but I didn't. That's if you hear that, that's the emergency alert yeah. going off. That, uh, Snowfall, guys! Yeah, Welcome to New York. Yeah. But um, New York, New York. That hurt, that hit me because I didn't I didn't sacrifice enough to to get where I wanted to get. So, but like, well, it's not easy to it's do. It's not. It's not. I could tell you because I played next to Matt in high school. I'm there t- were, like there I, were plenty of nights where I was out. Having a few, and Matt wasn't there. And, and like <laughs> I'll and tell like you, I'll tell you where he was. He was home sleeping, yeah. eating right, and getting exactly. up to work out the next day. Like I, that's like part I told of the him. sacrifice. He said on the air, he goes, "I wasn't always there for the party or or the moment out where everyone was hanging yep. out with the guys." He said he missed out a lot on that, but w- look what that gets you. And, and, and like, I, like I told him from the beginning, I love food, so that was my downfall. I used to eat a lot of crap, a lot of garbage, and you know I wasn't strict with you know eating regimen or anything like that. You know I hung out with the boys too much. So to see him get to that level, to where he is now, I live vicariously very through him. Very cool. Very cool. It's very cool. <laughs> I live vicariously. Pretty much. I live vicariously <laughs> through him. You should. <laughs> this is my friend. This is my friend, guys. This is my friend. Hey, we'll, we'll be watching him. Uh, no, we'll be keeping yeah, close yeah. tabs sure, on. Sure, man. He'll like be a close be friend of the show. Matt loved being on here. I mean, he's a great dude. Uh, excited to hang out with him for Super Bowl Sunday. Always to see his family again. I've known them for years. His dad was actually my first baseball coach. Nice. Great dude. Nice. Tommy Seals. He's your friend, but is he your buddy? Look, guys, we are Canadian jerks. If you don't stand with your fellow Canadians, then you are a rat. <laughs> don't call me a rat, buddy. I'm not your buddy, friend. He's not your friend, guy. He is my I'm buddy, not your guy. guy, buddy. He's not your buddy, friend. But I'm not your... <laughs> only 15 minutes to go in our show here. We're at the end of the 3 o'clock hour. A couple things we wanted to get into a little bit since we had Matt on. Get into Major League Baseball and a little bit of the hot stove. What do we think of some of the reports out of the? B- I know I was saying I was boycotting it, oh. but boycott. Bryce, Bryce Harper, Harper I'll still talk not about. A Philly. He's Bryce Harper still now. not a Philly. 
You see, and if you keep track of the Vegas prop bets, as we said, they took all those down to bet where he's going. Really? ESPN, there was a leak of ESPN. It already created the graphic saying Bryce Harper to the Phillies. Well, it said that there was, it was almost all but confirmed he was going to sign tomorrow, uh, last night, Wednesday afternoon, still nothing on that front. And nothing is even gaining traction anymore. If anything, it's gotten could less it of a story. Could it have been a fake report out there? You know, because fake, fake news. We are in a world where, fake like, you know, especially like you Bob know, Bob Nightingale. But there was yeah, there, there's there's like confirmed like Phillies writers who said this is happening. Yeah. Uh. Well, actually, there was one named Jeff Evans who someone though created like a fake account. That's what I'm got, saying. Yeah, and they and like it turned out to be fake and all. So that stuff. he wasn't seen out of Philadelphia, Wawa. <laughs> no, <laughs> Bob Nightingale actually said Harper's decision could drag on till March. Phillies fans don't want to hear it. White Sox the boycott is back on. Boycott. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, in Machado, I think there was something like the Yankees, like they're they're low. They're uh, very low on the totem pole, but never say never when it comes to the Yankees. That's what that's what it was saying. They haven't made an offer. They're mo- mainly focused on possibly finding another starting pitcher if they can, or uh, just a pitcher in general. Manny Machado's very low on their totem pole of, uh, of wants or needs, but it's the Yankees, so never say never. All right, boycott's back on. Yeah, they, yeah it is. <laughs> the boycott is on. But Neil J- Walker signed with the, with the Marlins. That, that's something that happened. He'll be traded by July 30th. Probably. <laughs> what about um, Riamuto and the Dodgers and the Reds? That's something else that should be boycotted. I feel like it's been going on for like two months already. Yeah, we can. Well, the Marlins are asking for a lot, and they have all the right in the world to do that. There's no reason why they shouldn't get a massive return if they. If I mean, there's no because they don't have to trade them. They don't. They can just keep them. So get get the best you're gonna get. Kind of like the an AD situation in New Orleans. Just kind of you don't. You're not forced to. You're not forced to do anything. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Ken Rosenthal today on in the Athletic wrote about and he said it's a palpable threat of an MLB work stoppage. Uh, of a strike, and a lot of it is because of the fact that a lot of the players this offseason did not expect this again like last year, they're, and they're upset. I mean, even though there was a player, I forget his name, I said it on the Haystack today, Henry Mejia signed with the Boston Red yes. Sox. And, oh, my um, God. And Peter Moreland. Peter Moreland, that was it, said, pretty much said, hey, what tweeted, hey, what the heck, how is this guy Who signed? Who banned from baseball. Banned from baseball, and I'm still here, like, you know, me and more than 100 <laughs> other players. So that was an interesting topic. Ken Rosenthal brought up how it is a legit threat that we're going to get a work stoppage in the coming years or so, maybe even next year, whoever, whatever. And it's a lot of it's because of the fact that this free agent market has just been so slow. We're back 12 days away. Years, man. Back to back years, well, And what? next year's class is pretty, is pretty stacked, too. I mean, when is the CBA up? I think it's up in like two years. Well, is it two years? 2020 or 2021. Interesting to see Henry Mejia sign at any juncture. Yeah, with that the guy with all the mishaps Well, he's a guy he with talent who comes at a cheap price tag. But why is he even being – like, why is a ban from baseball lifted that quick? Like, he served his time. Behavior? It's supposed to be a lifetime ban. Serve your time. He served a year. 2021, the CBA. It's yeah. a joke to me that he's back in baseball. Yeah, but I mean, in a better story of a guy that's back in baseball that used to be in the Mets organization, Sandy Alderson took a job yeah. with the Oakland Athletics to be a senior advisor to baseball operations. So Good for him. And he's cancer-free. Yeah. That's even better. News. Love him, hate him, what he did with his time at the Mets. I don't I – don't, I liked Sandy Alderson for what he did. He made especially the moves in 2015 that put them in a position to make a World Series run. Um, there's plenty of people who didn't like stuff he did during his time uh, as Mets GM. But either way, happy to see Sandy Alderson healthy, back in baseball, and in a place where he's more than familiar with in Oakland. So I think that's a great place for Sandy Alderson. Hats off to him getting back into baseball, and great to see him healthy. 
Um, we got about five minutes Jimmy, left. Didn't Jimmy Rollins? Uh, Jimmy yeah. Rollins took a fill up a Philly, he t- right? He took a, a, an advisory role. Special advisory role. Yeah. Aren't we old? Remember David Wright and Jimmy Aren't Rollins duked it, duked it out ten years ago. Jimmy Rollins robbed David Wright of that MVP. <laughs> what? Yeah, he robbed J- David Wright of that MVP. And now they're special seven. advisors to their franchises. We're old. Yeah, we're you just noticed that. Just, <laughs> just, just, uh, just not too long ago, I was watching David Wright and Jimmy Rollins duke it out. Now they're. Special I remember advisors. watching David Wright's debut. That's right. That's me too. Think about that. Me too. We're getting up there. We're it's becoming the scary. old and the yeah, wise. It's kind of scary. Ha! Just kidding. We're still young bucks. <laughs> no, but no, but no, but <laughs> too sweet. So being old, that that old thing, kind of with, with Matt. Matt, I was looking up. He was born in what ninety five, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty three. Yeah, so twenty three. <laughs> dude, dude's a pro ball player. Twenty three years old. I'm twenty. I'm gonna be twenty six. Dude, <laughs> but and he's even older <laughs> for the stage that he's at because coming out of the senior. So he's yeah. even at that disadvantage, but he's got to move up the pole a little bit quicker. Dude, Harper and Trout's final year, uh, first year in b- the big leagues, was my final year at high school, my senior year. 18 years old. He's 18, 19 years old. He's in the big leagues. I'm, I'm, yeah. s- I'm just graduating high school. It's disgusting. I got nowhere to go. He's playing Major League Baseball. Very upset about <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, Doc Gooden in 85 is pitching at the age of 18, 19 years old. My dad, 1980, my dad and my mom in 1985 were, what, in the t- early 20s? Dating, dating in McDonald's? Madonna, so, Super Bowl foods, huh? Yeah, we're at hump day in Super Bowl week, so we want to start – Having you people think about some of the delicious game foods oh. you will be enjoying nice. come the Sunday kickoff. Nice. Little, I'm here. My <laughs> personal favorite. Pigs in a blanket. Oh, pigs in a blanket. Never go wrong with pigs in a blanket. Pigs in a blanket. Bro. You can't go mustard. Mustard or ketchup? Ketchup. Mustard. What? I hate mustard. What? I hate mustard. So you're telling me we eat ketchup. <laughs> you like ketchup with your pigs in a blanket over mustard. Absolutely. I like what, what do you like? I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I don't, I'm not a huge ketchup guy. <laughs> no. So big ketchup guy. I mean, all right, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, for real. Nah, pigs in a blanket, wings, <laughs> buffalo dip, man. Buffalo chicken. Buffalo dip. chicken dip. The most amazing and lethal combination of ingredients. Ever put together in a bowl and slipped into an oven to get melted cheese on top of it? I mean, as long as there's some suds, I mean, I really anything yeah. that's on the table. But <laughs> what's the favorite? What's the sud of choice? I gotta go Budweiser on the Super Bowl. On game day, yeah, you can't go with something too heavy. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm going domestic. That's for sure. That's for sure. Coronas for me. Arnold Palmer. Imported. Arnold <laughs> Super Palmer. Bowl. Imported. What do you want me to go, Bush? <laughs> sure, it's American. <laughs> it's American. Oh, an American day. Coors, no the banquet bush. beer. I call it a banquet beer. What's a Miller High Life? Champagne. I would let Sam Elliott narrate my life. Oh, if I, would, I was that I rich, I would love that. I would pay awesome. Sam Elliott like thousands of dollars a day. Do you watch the ranch? Yes, I watch the oh, ranch. Good man. Thanks. Good man. Um, feel, what do you feel about mozzarella sticks on the on a big game Sunday? I mean, nice, but it's not something I typically expected. Yeah. When you're if they're there, I'll eat them. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I've never seen seen lots of mozzarella <laughs> sticks <laughs> out there. Yeah. When you're uncompromising. <laughs> Think about you just walking down the street. Your mind. <laughs> when you're set in your ways, you stay <laughs> true to yourself. I should stay true Is to myself. Is that God talking? If you can no, it's <laughs> Sam Elliott. I'm paying <laughs> the narrative my life. Wait, wait, wait. With your name on it. Wait, wait. Coors. <laughs> the, my favorite scene Banquet in The Big Bear. Lebowski is just the end where he sits next to Sam Elliott 
dude. <laughs> dude. Dude, oh, actually speaking of the speaking of the Big Lebowski, that's that's we're getting a Big Lebowski commercial in the Super Bowl, but it's not a teaser trailer for a sequel song. It's just a regular beer commercial. Yeah, I was <laughs> excited, especially with news of Jay and Silent Bob's reboot. Yeah. Which is gonna be awesome. It was kinda like that Ferris Bueller thing. Like Ferris yeah, Bueller. They, you they, thought they were gonna yeah. make a Ferris Bueller too. I thought I was getting a Big Lebowski too. I was super pumped that they were gonna have a But I am I will Bueller. be excited. Uh, you can't do it. I would be so upset. What with the Lebowski too? No, with the well, no, that one I wouldn't mind as much. A Ferris Bueller too. Because Ferris yeah, Bueller I don't is know the how perfect one day that. movie. It's yeah. it's yeah. perfect. Why change it? It's perfect. I don't need to see Ferris Bueller again. If Ferris Bueller is a legend in his own movie, I don't need to see him in another day. It's yeah. just what he is, and that's who that's his character. It would have to be. They would his try kid. to pull something off with his son. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want. But it, it would never work because I don't want to see him ever. I don't want to see like uptight Ferris Bueller. Exactly. I just don't want to see. Exactly. I want Ferris Bueller is the legend of Ferris Bueller, and that's what he is. Well, there's no reason to bring him back. Bueller. 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 Save Ferris. <laughs> Change for Ferris. <laughs> Money for Ferris. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but an ad? No, I was trying to get the. Uh, da, 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 yeah. There we go. Nice. It's a good way to go out on. <laughs> 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 Guys, with that said, that brings us to the end of our show today. End of Truck Talk. End of Hump Day. We had a great show today. We had Matt Sealinger on the line, but we even have another treat for you coming up next on the Sports On The Go On Radio Network. Gilbert Brown, left tackle for the Super Bowl champion, 1996 Green, Green Bay, Bay Packers. Packers. Coming into the studio to join Matty Caps, myself, I believe Tyler Harrison will also be in the studio yeah, with that. <laughs> yeah, ready to hop on in and get ready to go with that. So another treat for you here on Super Bowl week. We'll have a Super Bowl champion in the studio on third and long. Coming up right after this, so don't go anywhere. Chock full of ass. Stay, stay on <laughs> Facebook Live. Stay on TuneIn. Stay on Periscope, whatever you're watching or listening on, because we got another great guest coming up next in Gilbert Brown. So we're going to send it over to Chalk Talk now. That's everything here we have on tap for you from Chalk Talk here today. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See ya. Sports on the go. Radio. Long Island's own sports radio network.